Can you believe that in just two days we're going to be celebrating a new year? That's, I always think this, this time of year just seems so strange to me. You know, as I mentioned kind of a moment ago, uh, the, the time between Christmas and New Year always feels like it doesn't belong anywhere. And, I, and in fact, I think it was Keith and I, we were, we were just talking before the service started. We didn't even remember what day it was most days this week. Is that, you guys have the same experience? It's that time of year when, when um, nothing seems quite normal, when we're kind of just in between things. It's that time of year when we're remembering or reflecting on the things of the past. And also thinking, reflecting, and, re- and looking forward to, perhaps, what's going to be in the future. I'm going to assume that you've spent some time reflecting on the past. And today, I want to ask you a question about the future. Are you looking forward to it? Are you excited about 2019? I want you to think about that for a second while I tell you a story. I remember telling my dad, or asking my dad, one year we were back for the holidays. I usually take this Sunday off, and I was back for the holidays one year when my dad was alive, and he had just had uh, the first year of retirement. And my dad lived his whole life looking towards retirement. <laughs> and when he finally retired, he loved every second of it. His first year of retirement was awesome. And uh, when we went home that year, I was between Christmas and New Year, and I said, Dad, are you looking forward to 2000, or to whatever year it was? I don't even remember what it was. What it was. And, uh, I thought I knew what he was going to say, because he had had such a good year before. But he surprised me, and he said, no, I'm not really looking forward to it. And I said, well, why not? I said, Dad, this has been one of the best years of your life. Why wouldn't you be looking forward to this new year? And he said, well, that's the problem, Craig. It's been, everything has been so good, it's bound to change. Stop and think about that for just a second. That was the most Richard Peters thing he could have possibly said because my dad was one of those people who was such a worrier that if he didn't have anything to worry about, he would come up with something. Have you ever known anybody like that? Some of you are laughing nervously because I suspect my dad isn't the only person that does that. If you don't have anything to worry about, you start worrying because things are bound to change, right? Well, I think everybody has a tendency to worry sometimes. I think it's natural. Some of us take it to uh, extremes, that's true. But the fact of the matter is, because we do worry, we have this tendency towards worrying, um, it, it has the capacity to literally steal joy and life from us. We, for those of you who haven't been with us this, during the holiday season, we here at Prairie Bible Church during uh, the last few weeks have been in the midst of a sermon series uh, entitled, How to Find Peace during the holidays. And we've talked about a whole bunch of different things that have a tendency to steal our peace. But one of the primary culprits for stealing our peace, not just during the holidays, but all year round, is our propensity towards worry. Well, what if I were to tell you that there is a solution to worrying? For even those of you that that, uh, worry is such a part of your nature, it's so, such a part of your DNA that you think you wouldn't know yourself if you didn't worry. I want you to know that there is actually a solution, there is a remedy for this thing that has been stealing life from you. 
I want you to know that there is hope for life for 2019 to be better than you ever dreamed or imagined. If only you would receive the solution that God wants to give you on this last Sunday before the new year. So if you're interested at all, I invite you to open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. Hannah read the passage for us, but I want you to take a moment and open up your Bibles to it as well. By the way, if you don't have a Bible and you would like a Bible, we have uh, Bibles out on the welcome table. You can take one home. Uh, If you need uh, uh, something different or whatever, want something different, come and talk to me. If you, if you look at the uh, Bibles that we have out there and it doesn't quite meet your needs, let me know and we'll get you a Bible. That's how important we think um, having your own Bible is. And if you don't have a Bible with you and you want to use your uh, phone app, do that too. Um, little history before we get into Philippians chapter 4. You've heard me say many, many times before that, um, that much of the New Testament um, is letters that were written by the Apostle Paul to a bunch of uh, new churches that he helped to establish or plant over the course of his ministry. And I mentioned a few weeks ago that a lot of the letters that we read are actually known as prison epistles because Paul wrote these letters to these churches while in prison for doing nothing more than sharing the love of Jesus with the world. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but the, the love of Jesus can be threatening to some people. In fact, there's a scripture that says that um, to those who are perishing, it actually stinks like death. Paul was in prison for preaching the gospel. Interestingly enough, however, that wasn't the only bad thing that had ever happened to the Apostle Paul. You may be aware of this, maybe you aren't. Uh, did you know that the Apostle Paul uh, had also um, was blind for a time? He, uh, let's see, he um, was shipwrecked once. He was bitten by a poisonous viper. He was beaten nearly to death. And he had a chronic illness that he was never healed from. Sounds like quite the charmed life, doesn't it? Now I tell you all that stuff today in order to understand or to appreciate the fullness of what he's about to share with you in the Scripture. You see, if anybody had a right to worry about what the future held, it was the Apostle Paul. You see, you all have this this thing in your mind, I suspect, that the saints of the Bible live these charmed lives because the closer you are to God, the less likely you are to have anything bad happen to you. That is so not the truth. You see, God never promised the closer you got to Him that all the bad stuff of life would go away. That is not what God promised. And the Apostle Paul is a perfect example of that. If anybody had a right to worry about what the future held, it would be someone who was, whose life was one calamity after another. But instead of worrying about what the future held, this is the advice that the Apostle Paul gave to the Philippians and and to you. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. This is uh, the contemporary English version, by the way. If your Bible says something different, read it while you're listening to me and you'll see it saying the same thing. He says, don't worry about anything. But instead, pray 
about everything. By doing this, you'll experience a joy and a peace that is beyond all human comprehension. Those two little verses have the power to transform your entire life. So let's take just a moment to to dig a little deeper and, and make sure that we understand exactly what he's saying. The first part of the verse said this, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Did you know that it takes no more time or energy to pray than it does to worry? Have you ever stopped to think about that? It doesn't take any more time or energy to pray than it does to worry. In fact, I would go so far as to suggest to you it takes actually less energy to pray than it does to worry. Because when you worry, basically what you're doing is you're carrying around the burdens or your potential burdens all the time. And if you are someone who does that, you know that it wears you out faster than almost anything, right? You can feel those burdens on your back, and and no matter what you're doing, I'm exhausted. It takes more energy to worry than it does to pray. Now, when you pray, you're actually doing some heavy lifting, but you're lifting it up to God. And you have the privilege then to lift it up and give it to God instead of carrying it around yourself. It takes less energy to pray than it does to worry. But it's the second part of this passage that I find most encouraging. He says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything, and you shall experience a joy and a peace beyond all human understanding. Again, what's he saying here? Is Paul saying that if you are wise enough to pray rather than worry, then magically God's going to go poof, And all those things that you have to worry about will never happen? Is that what God's promising here? Absolutely not. I already mentioned to you earlier, Paul's life is a perfect example of one. When you live for Jesus, he doesn't take you out of the world. You live in a world that is lost and broken. And that brokenness is going to spill out on you. God is not promising. The Apostle Paul was not promising. Pray and all your problems will go away. What he was saying is, when you pray, you are by your very nature remembering that you don't walk this journey alone. You see, that's where half of your burden comes from. Because you're thinking, oh, I'm so, it's, nobody else gets it. I'm so tired of having to, to deal with this all by myself. Well, you're not. And when you remember to pray rather than to worry, that is a natural reminder. Is, okay, wait a minute now. I'm not by myself. I am not on this journey dealing with all the stuff of life on my own. Jesus has promised that he is with me every step of the way. But it's even better than that. Even though he doesn't promise to lift you out of the brokenness of life, even though he doesn't promise to take away your suffering and the problems, Something that he has promised is that for those who live for him, all that stuff, even the bad stuff, even the stuff that you perceive as as painful and, and hurtful and terrible, even that stuff in the hands of Jesus works to the good. It has a purpose. 
Now, I, I can't tell you, as a mere human being, I can't tell you if there's something that you're going through or you're worried about what you're going to face in 2019, I can't tell you what good is going to come out of that, but I can tell you that God has promised that it will if you live for Him. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything, and you will experience a joy and a peace beyond all human understanding. Let's be real. As we look into 2019, there's a lot of things to worry about. The, um, the toxic political environment that we live in today isn't going to get any better in 2019. Did you know that? Probably going to get worse. The stock market, the roller coaster that the stock market's been on, it's probably going to continue to be on it. Uh, interest rates that have been stable and low for a very long time, they're saying after the first of the year, they're, they're going up too. If you're not thoroughly depressed yet, <laughs> let's bring it a little closer to home. I know, because I'm part of your life. I love you, and you love me. I know what's going on in a lot of your lives right now. Some of you are struggling with your jobs. You've, they're sucking the life out of you. You're, you feel like you're in a dead end and you don't know how to get out. Some of the others of you are wrestling with marital problems or, or problems with your kids or health issues. There are a lot of things to worry about. So, I want to challenge you with something, knowing that. Keith mentioned earlier that... Um, you have choice. Many times during this week of the year, we make these New Year's resolutions, and I want you to make a choice to embrace this resolution. Every time you are inclined to worry in 2019, be resolved to pray instead. Remember, it doesn't take any more time or energy to pray than it does to worry. But when you choose to pray instead of worry, you're being reminded that God is with you in the midst of all that stuff that you could rightfully worry about. And you can be blessed by knowing that all that stuff in the hands of God can actually work to the good. I have no idea what you're worrying about today. I don't know what you brought with you to church. But I do know this. God, this morning, is inviting you as you come forward to receive communion. God is inviting you to bring all those worries with you and let them be transformed here at the altar into prayer. Be it resolved that that this New Year's resolution begins today. Don't worry about it. Instead, pray about it. And then begin to experience that joy and that peace that belongs to you because you belong to Him.